Hey, pals. Uh, welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Throwing the Power. My name is Frank. I'm Marcus. Hello, I'm Thomas. And this is the podcast, Throwing the Power. Uh, I think I've said that. Uh, it's the podcast where we talk about movies. We debate them. We love it. We hate it. We debate it. That's our catchphrase. What's the name of the podcast? Throwing... Oh, God. What's it called? Look it up quick. <laughs> throwing the power. Throwing the power. Nice. Thank it's a, you. It's a pun throwing the towel. I don't oh, know if you know. I, I only just got that. And we're pals. Our yeah. audience just went, oh. oh. And then they went, yeah, it's not that good. Yeah, they God. <laughs> What's a pal? Friends. <laughs> Aren't we? With buddies, I think. So today we're talking about um, The Big Lebowski. Yes. 1998 oh, yeah. film. Directed, well, written and directed by the Coen brothers, mm-hmm. Joel and Ethan. Mm. Um, I'm sure you know them. I know them. You guys? We, we go heard way of back. them? Yeah. How far back? The way, way back. <laughs> that's you not mean, them. But are you talking about that movie <laughs> where those guys have to walk for a long time? Movie? No, that's... No, I'm talking about the oh. Sam Rockwell film. Oh, I think I'm thinking of The Way Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking of home related film called Homeward Bound. Oh, my bad. No, All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's what I was thinking about. Oh. All right, go on. So, The Big Lebowski, 1998. Um, yeah, Coen Brothers film. That's and we it. rate the films that we talk about out of 11 for some reason, man. Yeah. I've Why? got one for this too. Oh, oh, do you? Oh. Do you want to go yours first? No, oh. no, no. Not at all. It's your thing. Okay. Well, um, well who's this better? Well, this was, well f- yeah. this was filmed over an 11 week period. Oh, mine's better. Wow, it's quick uh, and factual. Yeah, well, that's just uh, like <laughs> your opinion, man. Okay, so glad like you your sent opinion, me up that. man. <laughs> uh, I was hoping one of you. Okay, uh, this dude. Is, uh, this is rated okay. out of eleven because um, at the beginning of the film, Lebowski writes a check for nine eleven. That's what he dates it for. Dates the it date for. is nine eleven. Do you know how much he writes it for? Sixty nine cents. Oh, I was going to say sixty seven. Yeah. I missed it. I missed the bit. <laughs> it's great. Sixty nine. Big lols on a. It's also forward check. dated. A forward dated check. For yeah, because the speech cents. that's on TV is is George W. Bush's, which happened, I think, August. In the time that this is set. Honestly, it's a real thing, a real fact. So he forward dates a check because he hasn't been paid yet, so he can't afford the 69 cents, so he has mm. to forward date the check. Otherwise, it won't clear. For 9-11. What year do you think this movie takes place in? The year that George Bush was president. George H.W. Bush. It's 1991. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still okay. a while off. What did from... I say? Oh, just check because, like, Marcus is talking about 9-11 and you're like, well, yeah. No, George I know Bush it's not about 9-11, I'm man. Just... I thought that's where he was going with that. No, I'm just, genuinely- I'm just saying the, the dude is really broke. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Oh. Well, thanks for saying it. <laughs> this aggression will not stand. <laughs> hilarious that we honestly thought uh, that's what he was getting I truly at. did as well. Anyway. Okay, so um, <laughs> I chose this film. You did choose this you film. I chose this film. So shout your name if you like this film. Yeah! That's thanks, <laughs> thanks, yeah. Can we hear from Marcus? <laughs> shout your name. Sit down, yeah. Uh, Marcus. Excellent. Oh, God, yes! <laughs> we'll get to you, oh, God, yes. We invited too many people in this studio. Let's crowd it again. Oh. Tom. Uh, again, not a shout, but... You know, yeah, um, <laughs> not really. Who invited not really? <laughs> yeah, Frank. Wow. Yeah. Choose the film, doesn't like it. No, you do. Bold you, choice. I, I'm, I'm bang on the middle. I'm like a 5.5. Also, title of your sex tape? I'm bang, bang on the middle. middle 5.5. So, I'm, am I listening to... Am <laughs> I listening to... Or no. length of I think it's a Jimmy session. E. World reference. The middle? Hey. I'm a bang on the don't middle. Don't write yourself off yet. Oh, don't, 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 Tom. Don't. Whenever people ask me <laughs> how long they have to listen until the episode gets good, I always go, it just takes some time, little girl. You're in the middle of a ride. Everything, everything will be Give me be some scores. Fine. Give me some scores. Shut up. Give me some scores. Uh, 10.8. Whoa. Oh. It's almost like three in the power. <laughs> That's a big score. 10.8. This is a big score. Why? Whoa. No, we'll come back to it. Marcus. Uh, I'll give this an 8.9. Yeah, all right. Hey, 8.9. Don't sell it off yet. I got the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I chose it and um, I think I chose it because we referenced it a couple of weeks ago and I was like, that'd be a fun one to talk about and I've only seen it once in my life and I want to watch it again. I drank a lot of White Russians after watching this film the first time and I took nothing else away from it. But you like White Russians now. Who doesn't like a white Russian? That's fair. Do you? Yeah, I love Putin. One of my favourites. Um, (laughs) 
I'm talking about the Caucasian cocktail. Oh, you are gosh. as reference. I don't do. think you should ever order that when you're out. <laughs> Can I have a Caucasian cocktail? Just say a Metropolitan. It's fine. <laughs> now they give you the porn star martini. Yeah. It's that's me. called a white bitch. <laughs> what? Oh, oh. It's a thing. Someone sees Frank. They go, it's a there's drink. A, there's a white bitch ordering don't a you, white don't dish. Don't you look at me like that? I'm it's looking at you drink. like that. You were a bartender. I guess you would know. What is? So were you. And you don't know? I never listen to people. Oh, God. I Sorry. So I chose this film. I had seen it once in my life, but I thought it's, it's, it's iconic, it's classic, and I, had, I was like, I need an excuse to watch it again. When did you first watch it? 2006. Get off your motorbike and answer the question again. <laughs> my peewee fifi. Peewee fifi. Fucking hell. <laughs> 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 Keep it uh, Yeah, 2006. Whilst I was studying theatre. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. Okay. No, 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 nice, nice. First year theatre. Sure. <laughs> like that matters. So those who are quick at home will know Frank's exact age now. He's 105. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> He's a mature student. <laughs> I just saw what the kids were doing. And so, I Marcus, you, took, Marcus, <laughs> you gave it a... century. <laughs> Go on. You gave it an 8.9. Yeah. Why? I... I don't know. I don't feel like I need to defend this or justify this film. I think like this that's is a the whole, the, this is a cult classic. This is a film that's gone down in history for what it is. It's if you mention it, people know it, whether they've seen it or not. I think it's just one of those films that that just stands the test of time. And I think it's aged really well in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. It's it's pacey. It's sort of like it's paying homage to like homage with a soft. Uh, G, I think you've yeah, just G. said. Yeah, I think you've softened homage. everything except the vowels in there. Homage. Um, How do you you're s- just going to say, oh, <laughs> We're going to be like, okay. <laughs> he often does say that, but in a different... You might just go, I think it's a very good... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going. <laughs> do the whole thing in a French accent. Yeah. But it's paying homage to old, like, a detective noir style yeah. um, story, mm. uh, way of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with really, it's, it's, uh, it's, oh my God, I'm broken. I'm actually broken. Eccentric characters. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you talking about? It's kind of got a lot. It's got everything. It doesn't have the love story that I wanted, but I'm going to say that we, a- we fall in love with Steve Buscemi in this. <laughs> as the audience. Shut the fuck Shut up, the fuck Donnie. Up, Donnie. <laughs> That's your t- you've, you love Steve Buscemi in this. I, like, you, in, you, in the most underutilised way, he's perfect. I think he's excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not saying he's not good, but surely yeah. the dude is your favourite person. Nah, nah. I'm a, I love John Goodman in this. Yeah, I do too. Who, he of course. has to be the best thing in this. And it's his favourite film that he's ever made. I think we're jumping ahead here, but yeah. <laughs> Let's do a quick Agreed. synopsis. When the dude Lebowski is mistaken for a millionaire Lebowski, two thugs urinate on his rug. Remember that. That's, a, that's an important point. They urinate on his rug to coerce him into paying a debt he knows nothing about while attempting to gain recompense for the re-ruined rug for his, from his wealthy counterpart. He accepts a one-time job and high payoff. He enlists the help of his bowling buddy, Walter, a gun-toting Jewish convert with anger issues. Yeah, that'll work. Deception leads to more trouble and it soon seems that everyone from porn empire tycoons to nihilists Want something from the dude. For anyone wondering why him being a Jewish (laughs) convert is a necessary part of the synopsis, it comes up. A lot. Show Shabbos! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we we let's just stop right now. We're not gonna keep doing the John Goodman impression. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. (laughs) (laughs) I I I will turn your mic off. Frank will be our Donnie for this episode. As he is for every episode. Oh, uh, sorry, Frank, we love you. We but do love get you. the teeth fixed, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> Steve Buscemi, man. Steve Buscemi's wonderful. Yeah. I was watching with uh, some friends the other day who just came up recently and uh, she was like, do you know he's a fireman and, like, rescued people, bring it back to 9-11, rescued people at Ground Zero during 9-11, which is one of those bits of trivia that, like, she likes movies but she's not, a, like, a cinema person. And just everyone kind of knows that now, that yeah. Steve Buscemi, with all that he tried to do to not talk about it, Everyone's like, that dude rescued people at ground zero because he's just always been a, a volunteer fireman. He's an excellent guy. I love him so much. I think he's great in this. What do you I guys mean, think of Steve Buscemi? No, I, I, everyone works with the guy. He's in a lot of films. 100% like, agree. Everyone friends. obviously loves him and he's very talented and very versatile and he plays a really subdued sort of 
not nothing character, but a really sensitive, soft guy in yeah. this, and it's really nice. He's great he's, in Thirty Rock. He's a weird sleeper talent. Would you agree that? Like, what? I, no, sorry. no, no. Hold on. Stay sorry, with continue. Me. Stay with him. No, like, I'll let you finish. I'll let you finish. I think for the for the credits that he has as an actor, and for mm. the range that we know he has, also, I still don't think he's talked about enough as one of those actors that will go down in history for what he does. I think there's a good argument to be made that he's one of the very few, like late twentieth, early twenty first century character actors that people kind of still do know, even though it's very hard to think of a movie with him where he's the leading man. The only big leading performance I can think of is Boardwalk Empire, mm. that TV show mm. where he's mm. the main. Which apparently mm. I haven't seen it. A lot of people say he's kind of the more most boring part of it. Most like leading characters are yes, they're usually they, the linchpin, the the everyman quite work apparently. But he is. He and John Goodman could well go down in history as two of the greatest actors to never, never win Oscars or get nominated at this point. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. That's Which so is true. And I think for John Goodman, this film is <laughs> its outrageous. The performance he turns in is m- magnifique. I would give him every Oscar for this movie. And it's you can insane. see why. You can, only, you can only give him one. Nope, every It'd be, it'd be best supporting. <laughs> you give him best supporting. I'd give him best supporting, but I'd also give him a Grammy. Just because sometimes I listen to him. Well, you could remix headphones. it. You could remix yes. it. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. You can see why the Coen brother, the Coen brothers, love using John Goodman yes. in their films as well. Like, well, they love they love any character actor. Like, yeah, they even so make true. Clooney somewhat of a character actor. You know what I mean? I, like, yes. I'm of the personal opinion that George Clooney's best work is Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers. Anything Clooney going. in Burner and Burn After Reading is my favorite Coen Brothers film. Oh, okay. of Easily by a fucking That's country you're in mile. It. I thought you did a great job. No, <laughs> every time walked into it, walked into All right, the closet. I'm gonna go get that shut. call, and then we're gonna work on those hamstrings. <laughs> so, yes, Frank is Brad oh Pitt's gym character. Oh my god! <laughs> For the audience, no Your one knows. You will be spinning faster than that Schwinn bicycle back there. <laughs> you think <laughs> that's a Schwinn? Okay, okay. We'll it's do you. <laughs> that's gonna be the look on your face right before someone fucking shoots you, no, Frank. Wow! <laughs> Popping out of the car. Oh, just going Frank's like, pretending to be upset with this, I'm but he's. And, I'm really honest. Really he loves. <laughs> but also, also, I'm not gonna get shot in the head, and also. So the audience doesn't know what we're talking about. We're talking about the big Lebowski. Let's go back to that. Stay so, on track. That's right. I do want to ask one quick question. And Marcus, you don't have to answer it now. We can think about it during the, the back. What's your favourite Coen Brothers movie? And you can have a think about it and we'll, we'll circle back around. Mm. Let me circle back. Okay, cool. Let me circle back. John Goodman and Jeff Bridges and Steve Buscemi are very good in this. You've also got Julianne Moore. Uh, you've got Philip Seymour Hoffman in a very, very, very funny, uh, to me, underrated role. Uh, he as, plays as it very well. Uh, you've got Tara Reid. Uh, which is pretty pretty strange bit of... Kind of used the right way. Oh, used perfectly, <laughs> yeah. but every time you just have a moment where you're like, yeah, Tara Reid's in this. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's great. I think that Peter Stormare and Flea, for the second week in a row, we're talking hey, about Flea. Flea, the big dog. As uh, the Nihilists. And Torsten Vogt. So he still wants the money, Lebowski. He fucks you up. <laughs> like, so funny. And they're like, you don't have the girl. Well, he still wants yeah. it. She gave up her big toe. <laughs> she thought we would get money. It's not fair. Fair? <laughs> Who are the fucking nihilists around here? Okay, Sorry. see, what did I, what did I say? 10.8. It's great. It's going to keep going. I know. You can't stop him. John DeToro you, as Jesus. Oh, Sorry. I know we're going, we're going through cars. I'm so glad you... I would have forgotten. He's incredible. He... Have, and have you seen Miller's Crossing? I have oh, yeah. not actually. Such so John Turturro is obviously everyone knows him as very very sneaky from Mr. Deeds. God, that's a big claim that I would everyone say knows him. That's his most famous role. Adam Sandler made him famous. God, that's upsetting to think about. It's but true, you're, I don't hate it's that true. movie, but once you said you can't it, hate when Mr. you first Deeds. said very very sneaky, I truly went for a sec like I don't know what that is. And then once you said Mr. Deeds, I was like, oh, oh yeah, I've seen s- it. I've seen it once. Like, you are such an ass. It's not a movie I like. Steve Buscemi's also in it though. Yeah, go on. Because Adam Sandler's friends with all the Coen Brothers friends. Yeah, that's a weird party to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Rob an amazing Schneider party. and Joel and Ethan Coen. <laughs> like, I'm thinking of doing a sequel to The Animal. They're like, yeah, we're not interested. Yeah, but thanks. <laughs> Stop calling us. <laughs> I think that'd be a great party. I'd go to that. I'd go absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying John Turturro with John Turturro? What a diverse actor! And apparently the Coen Brothers had seen him in a play. Yes. To cast him in this. Where they saw, well, he was, well, casting, of course, he sorry. was in Miller's Crossing, but he was a very different role. Yeah, sorry, to to make the role for him. And yes. then they were like, hey, what do you want to do with it? And he was like, well, I want to lick the bowling ball and I want to wear a hairnet and I want to be. Yeah, they kind of left it up to him to. Yeah. But they're like, do you want more scenes? Do you want 
It was meant designed initially as a small role, right? Well, yes. It is a small. He has two scenes. Yeah, but smaller than than we Would have been get to one see. One scene. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know they um, John Turturro made a movie with about that character two the years ago. Role, the big role. No, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, Jesus rolls something like that. Yeah. Apparently, it's fucking unwatchable, which I'm not oh, shocked by because it's like, yeah, okay. there's a reason that character is in the movie for 70 seconds. Yeah, it sure. works very well when they, it cuts to him and he's like cleaning the bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> the dance it's he all, does it's, right It's like an that. SNL character. Let's be honest. It yes. is, yeah, it's a bit. That's a really a good bit. point. It's like this works incredibly well for yep. a very small amount of time, and then it would be insufferable if we had to actually spend time with this guy. Which is kind of remarkable it's that very John Goodman's character Walter works so well because something I've always said. I've talked with people about like forms of comedy and what works and what doesn't. One of my least favorite forms of comedy, and it's often a sitcom thing, is when obnoxious characters are meant to be funny. It's not that it doesn't work for me sometimes, but there are versions of it. If you can imagine this, Frank. Frank's got a little poopy frowny face right now. <laughs> I, I want to say one thing and I'll wait till you finish. Okay. Which is that obnoxious characters are not always my favourite. Sometimes I find them funny, but more often than not, I'm like, I don't find it funny that this character's meant to be annoying. You guys probably know my biggest example of this is um, Flash from The Big Bang Theory. Oh, sorry. A flash in- You're only talking about actual in sitcoms. Sitcoms, but Flash is a great example. Barry Allen in the Flash yeah. movie is like, it's not funny just because you keep referencing how, and like every time she Children does something, but like other characters like that. Bazinga. I think that. Mm. Oh, that is funny. I can't fight a catchphrase. Obviously not. Obviously not. Um, I think Walt is one of my favorite examples of I can't believe how funny this guy is when every single thing he does is he either yells or he just tells the dude. But I think he just tells people things. In comparison to the dude who's rolling the scenes, right? You've got you've got Jeff Bridges who's playing the cool, calm, collected, yet slightly confused. The dude, right? The dude. So in comparison, I think you need to have a character like that to elevate particular scenes and give it that energy that we're after because otherwise the whole thing is just mellow stoner humour almost. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a great bit of screenwriting. I mean, unsurprisingly, the Coen brothers are probably up there in the last 30 years as some of the best screenplay writers in movies. 100%. Their scripting and their dialogue is... Second to none. I think it's mm. it's the most creative, interesting, and just like and smart. Like like the way that the dude absorbs phrases and then misuses them. The yeah. next scene, you're in always the like, violence of our times. Like <laughs> it's just this. Like the the aggression will not stand. It's the one that always sticks with me. And it's yeah. like this aggression will not stand, yeah. man. It's so funny. Um, you you realise that. Tom is the dude just with more day-to-day no, no, activities. No, 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 no. Right. Sorry, to go back, Tom is the obnoxious one that shouldn't be funny. That's true <laughs> as well, actually. That's absolutely right. I'm pointing at myself and going, like, there are exceptions to that. But you're right, In on this I am, in my, like, persona on the podcast. But I was In watching real life, this, you're even worse. Yes. Let but I was watching this with my friends. Let me finish. I was watching this with my friends over the weekend. And it was my birthday recently, and so I was having a bit of a birthday weekend. And Ooh. I'm sitting there Month. at 10 a.m. having a Hennessy and lemonade in a bathrobe, and my friends are looking to the movie <laughs> and looking back at me and looking and going, right, okay. Tom, like, Tom it wasn't, I wasn't doing a bit. I mean it. No, you're absolutely spot on. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, the, he, you are the dude with, with a better day-to-day. I think that I would like <laughs> yeah. to be more like the dude in my sort of behaviour as well in my temperament because I like the mellowness of him and I can be that way. But Frank's right, I can be more like Walter. I can be like Donnie as well. I think we all contain multitudes and I think there are my multitudinous expanses in there, those guys. Yeah, we do contain multitudes. Shut That's up. Nice. And every now and then I'm Sam Elliott. <laughs> you, you are never Sam Elliott. Sometimes no. you eat the bar no, sometimes, no, well. Not even no close. Not even close. Not even 0.1% you. of you is like him. The bar. I always thought when I was younger <laughs> he was bar. saying the bar. And it re- I was just like, the fuck is a bar? What is he saying? It's the bear. But how he pronounces it is the bar. Kind of the way that Brad Pitt does in um, Inglourious Bastards. Uh, you heard of him, right? The bar Jew. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, saying yeah, yeah, yeah. the bear like that. But obviously the dude doesn't get that. So at the end when he quotes, he's like, well, you know what they say? Like, sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes the, <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> like, hey, you're right here. We're referring to, for anyone who doesn't know Sam Elliott from my amazing, amazing impression, is the narrator who is the cowboy in the movie, The Stranger, as he's credited. And he is the definitely, ch- sorry, go Frank. Giant moustache. With a giant moustache. And a giant cowboy. A man who was born. And the lowest voice of all time. He's the most soothing tone. Yes. He's got a wonderful voice. I love seeing him in things and hearing him. And he's one of my favourite inclusions of this as far as genius screenwriting because this is like a Raymond Chandler sort of noir story, like about a, a 
they make him more hapless in this, but a guy who stumbles into a murder mystery, doesn't really know what's going on and kind of wanders from plot point to plot point and them going, but what if it's narrated by, like, a cowboy? <laughs> like, what if we set it in L.A., but it opens with a tumbleweed yeah. and this really old-school sort of, uh, like, not quite honky-tonk, but a bit of, a, like, a country... It's not even a country song, but you know the song that opens? I should know the name of it, but... The, the weeds are tumbling it's, down. Isn't like, it tumbleweed something? It's tumbleweed something. It's called tumbleweed something. Tumbleweeds. And you're like, so this is like a neo-Western, right? Yeah. Or this is, and it rises up out of the desert and it's LA. And you're like, okay. And then like... Right. You're 30 minutes into the movie. You're like, what the fuck was up with the cowboy earlier? And but also he's not in it enough to be like, well, here he is again. He's only there three times or the voiceover is not there that frequently yeah. that you think, oh, he's, he's narrator. He'll explain this for us. He just sort of comes in well, haphazardly. I think he's meant to... Also- also be uh, a conscious part of the dude's sort of psyche, right? Like I think he's meant to represent sort of was my take because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't um, interpret him as a, a literal narrator. I thought he okay. was there to to be a sounding board for the dude when the dude needed to hear a second voice, almost. Oh yeah, someone outside of, and yeah, someone who he interacts with that almost. Well, the bartender obviously sees him because he's like, you got a good sarsaparilla? Like, yeah, 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 about that. yeah, yeah. But apart from that, it doesn't seem like... I think you're right. It could be a figment. could just be like an Oh, I don't necessarily mean that he's, he's not there. I think that but he ends up being that, like, guiding voice of wisdom. I shot. see him as, like, a guardian angel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. This movie kind of evades analysis for me, and I'm someone who does enjoy analysing movies and unpacking <laughs> them, and I've watched this probably when I was 15 or 16. I bought it at a DVD store. Cunningham's in Mowbray. Amazing. And I think I watched it. Yeah, Cunningham, (laughs) shut up. And I think I watched it probably in the space of two years, maybe like 15, 16 times. Like I watched it the first time. I was like, that was kind of interesting. And every time I went back to it, I was like, there is something mystical about this film and I Mm. don't know what it is. Hadn't watched it for 10 years, watched it on a plane at the start of this year. And when you picked it again, Frank, I was like, I'm so excited to watch this movie again. I just love it. I love having it in my life. You're welcome. But I genuinely, if someone was like, so what's the message? What's the politics of this movie? Like, oh. what's it about? I'd be like, fuck it, let's go bowling. Like, who cares? That's that's the movie. But that's, yeah, I don't think, you know? like, not that there isn't a message, but the message is, like, just relax. Sure. Things are going to happen to you, life's going to happen. There is depth to it. Of course there's references to the Gulf War. Of course there's, like, the vision. Of course, the that, Gulf War, I love it. Yeah, you love because it. Because you prefer tennis. Well, I was like, under- uh, Go on. <laughs> no, that was, you, you spoke over my joke. It's fine. Okay. Well, mine was going to be better. So I prefer I the, the tennis class. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about obnoxious and not funny. Way to yes and Tom. Saddam Hussein being in <laughs> one of the yeah. It's like where's he going with this? Being in the dude. What are the visions? Visions. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And they do even reference Sam Elliott says like it was about the time with Saddam and them Iraqis. You know, it's obviously getting at something like that. Whether you want to liken the big Lebowski himself, like the the actual uh, wealthy Lebowski in the wheelchair. Whether he's like a stand-in for America and like a big swinging dick who doesn't actually have any money or power but likes to push himself as such and whether mm-hmm. Walter is meant to be like the damaged psyche after Vietnam, whether Donnie's just kind of like ignorant American sort of passivity and whether the dude is more of a neutral or like not quite a passive. Left-wing maybe. A, a left-wing but also like almost an agnostic. Like I don't really – I don't know enough or care enough about these things. Yeah. I just kind of reject it all. All those things are, are there but not a single one of them goes through my head while I'm watching the movie. Well, it's funny because afterwards. a bit of the trivia is that they wrote in a scene where – I think it's after the eulogy that John Goodman gives and he just starts going on about Vietnam and then he – Funniest scene in the film for me. Iconic. Funniest we'll, we'll and most it. tragic. We'll talk about <laughs> it. But the dude says after that scene, he goes, you didn't even go to Vietnam. So John Goodman, that was in the script at one point that John Goodman, Goodman's character wasn't even a veteran. He's just like has this image and wants to be known as a veteran. I don't. I mean, I don't hate that. I'm kind of glad. I think it, wasn't. it detracts a little. Yeah. I almost get that but, sense from the character anyway. Yeah, I always you do. have that sense of how much was this guy involved? Well, Is yeah, he a I guy mean, that he met the dude and then didn't even have the bona fides and he's just making it all up? That's, yeah. how, that's how it always yeah, because yeah. he fucks everything up. Yeah. So how would he have been in Vietnam? How well, well would he have done? Yeah, because I mean, he's the not military a real trainer. Jew. Like, like everything yeah. that he is. What is, the is fuck of... are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he converted five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Every he adopts these personalities, you know. He, he he sees something he likes. He's just a he's just a cowboy in front of the TV that like yeah, just takes something an image and rolls with it. I think he doesn't roll on Saturdays though. No, he doesn't roll on Saturdays. George Chavez. This I love this film because 
it's so unapologetically 90s. It's like it's got crude humour. Mm. It was at a time where we didn't worry so much about what was said or how it was said, but it was still done in a tasteful way. And so it just happens and it's a really good film and you've got everything in there and it's what – it's films like this that genuinely make me want to do a podcast and talk about films because I find it so interesting and it's something that you can re-watch and you don't – as Tom said, you don't have to overthink this. Mm. You can. I mean, it's there, but just enjoy you, you it. You can at also the just enjoy level. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it is just a fun ride. Yeah. But like this is the same year as something about Mary, Lockstock, Armageddon, A Night at the Roxbury. Like there are a whole bunch of incredible like, films. Strange, Saving strange Pirate year. Ryan, yeah. Thin Red Lion, Basketball, Rush Hour. Uh, yeah. You're absolutely- Sliding it, Doors, Gwyneth Paltrow. It was oh, kind you of. You know, like what a year for film. Rushmore. It was a. Speaking of Phen- Adam Sandler, the phenomenal, wedding singer Phenomenal, well. really. Yeah. Phenomenal year for cinema. Everyone talks about 99, which was The Matrix, Magnolia. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I'm going to forget a bunch now. But, like, 99 is a huge election, a very big year. Wasn't in, that in American cinema. Beauty? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, No, was it? Or you was love, Don't you love that film? Yeah, I've forgotten what year. Was it 7, 97 Well, it's your favourite movie, so Shush. once you give us... <laughs> that was a 10. It is 99. Yeah. Great. Very good. A big a big year in, in movies. I think 98's a big year as well. And I think there's a lot going on in sort of how this could make the play for the most remembered film from that. If you ask the average film buff, yeah. you show them 98 and you show them the 50 movies that came out that year that everyone considers big, I think a lot of people are going to go, well, yeah, The Big well, Lebowski. But this is the year that Shakespeare in Life won all those Oscars. Yeah, which is a good movie. Which is a great. perfectly good a movie I watch with my mum almost every Christmas and I love it. I think it's really, really good. It's not The Big Lebowski. You know, it's not. I don't. Very think different styles, yeah. But no, I would well, say really Private, no. Saving Private Ryan is probably the film from this year. I think that's That, like, there. is... Saving Private Ryan. Riven? Yeah. It's part of me. They didn't get yeah, Riven, but... but You're not going to compare The Big Lebowski to Saving Private Ryan. Like, We're always comparing apples not? and oranges with movies. I think it's always like the thing of what has had the biggest staying power. And I'd agree yeah. with you that Saving Private Ryan has it, absolutely. But I think Big Lebowski has the most cultural... Cult- That's fine. Excuse hey, me. We've all done it. It's has okay. the most cultural impact. <laughs> yeah. You so, know? We're yeah. doing White Russians now. Uh, we, we don't, though. No, so but we're you, drinking them right now. Don't lump me into that. If you ask someone... <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant for one. <laughs> give me three lines from Saving Private Ryan. Most people are going to go, earn this, and then not know what to say after that. And then the big Lebowski, it's like... I was going to go... But that's what I meant. Where's I- Private Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm over here saving Private Ryan. You got it. And then Ryan That's goes, Private Ryan, me, you idiot. Oh, oh, Raven. No, but Raven. again, I wouldn't enter the same conversation about these two films. I, I, I you say apples and oranges. I, I know what you mean. Like, you can't, you can't compare them. But no. yet, that's what film is. I think, I you're always going to go, yeah. I, I don't see why I would want to. I mean, of course, The Big Lebowski, in, in its comedic tone, is going to have more quotable lines. Like, statistically speaking... A comedy should have more quotable lines than a drama. But also Coen brothers are all, always going to be quotable. Because they're great writers. Inc- yeah. Like, yeah. But I'd argue The Matrix has many quotable lines. Yeah, you know? no, you're right. You are right. I like know. what? I know karate. Uh, no, that's not in The Matrix. Wait, say it again. <laughs> I know karate. Oh, my bad. That is no, show me. No, no, that's wrong. I, I, I just learned karate. No, he actually, no. you're right. Oh, my God, I was fucking with him, but you are wrong. What is it? I know kung fu. Kung fu. Oh, well, f- sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I apologise, everybody. Upset. I was wrong. It's okay. No, it's okay. That's no, okay. fine. Um, so, The Big Lebowski, budget of $15 million. Mm-hmm. Tiny little film. That, that feels more to me than I would have thought. Makes 46. 46.7, it's roughly. It was a pretty big... So, to compare, Saving Private Ryan was like 70 mil. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've got a gun going times. off and a flaming car, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much that's and <laughs> the, well, the special effects that's for all Saving Private Ryan. It's crazy <laughs> how far they got with that. <laughs> you got to pay the dancers with the bowling pins on their head. Yeah, I don't think it, this needed a big budget, and I think it. No, I think they made it look incredible with what they had. Like the Buzz Berkeley musical stuff is incredible. How they managed to do that dream sequence. It's okay. Not a fan. No, not really. I love it. And they, to be honest, I wish you'd seen what happened when he was drugged. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. 
So, so <laughs> I, um, I, I want to just, yeah, I say, I, I know what you're saying, Marcus, about like comparing the films, but I do think there is something interesting in trying to get at like why something has, even if you don't go like, well, is this a better movie than that? It's like, why has this lasted versus that? And you were saying you think this movie's aged very well. So my question is, why do you think this has aged well? Can I add to that quickly? Sure. I think because the Coen brothers didn't, it, it, it feels 90s, but not in a, really just specific way. They keep the aesthetic kind of vague. vague yeah, yeah. Like it doesn't go, oh, this is 1992, this is this exact era. It keeps it loose, it keeps it whatever. Like the dude exists now. We know people like that sitting across from me. Hmm. Um, so these characters are timeless. The story is timeless. Things like that, I think, help it. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it has a late night. Uh, just cult cinema feel to it as well, where there's just so yep. many moments that are so eccentric, so many, such a lack of, like you said, the timelessness. There's not a lot of pop culture references. Maybe one of the biggest ones is the dude uh, when he's getting driven home and the guy I, in the taxi, I fucking I hate, hate the fucking, the fucking eagles. eagles, man. Yeah. And the guy kicks him out of the taxi. I, I wrote in my notes... That's such a frank reaction. Yes, of booting someone out of the car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for not liking his music. Okay, I thought I was going to say Frank having a bad night and getting really upset that someone won't change the music. So I guess both <laughs> are that, a frank. It's both. Frank kicking Frank out of his car. Yeah. God, he's in every movie. You're it's so crazy. right. Depends on what every kind of movie. night I'm having. Yeah, oh. <laughs> I don't really like the Eagles though, so I guess I'm. I was the dude raised. By them because of my father. Raised by the Eagles. He dropped me oh, off with the Eagles. Did. I was raised by Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, why don't you just fly to Mordor? Drop that ring off. Fly hey. me to Mordor. That's right. not even the melody. Nice vibrato, though. No, horrible, from? everything bad. <laughs> <laughs> I basically, yes, Dad always had the Eagles on. I liked them okay, but they were a bit, at a certain point in my life, I was rejecting them because it was like you were meant to do that as a teenager. And watching that movie for the first time, this movie, and hearing him say that was very funny. Do you guys know the story? The song in here that's by Towns Van Sand that's a cover of the Rolling Stones, it's Dead Flowers. I don't even really know when it's in the movie. I think it's just like one brief scene where he's lying on his rug and he's listening to his thing. Anyway, the Coen brothers were trying to get that approved for the movie and Alan Klein, who owned the rights to it, said he wanted $150,000. From the Stones. No, he's the manager. That's what I said. Yeah. From the Stones management. Good stuff. So... <laughs> A man who obviously had a lot of money, like he used to manage the Beatles as well on the Rolling Stones. And the Stones. And had, like a, yeah, yeah, I think he managed the Stones. This is really fantastic stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get mad at me, you fucking... Alan Klein. <laughs> they were like, please, we really want this song for the movie. And he's like, you know, I need 150 grand. They're like, well, come and watch the movie and tell us what you think. And apparently it got to that scene where the dude goes, I fucking hate the Eagles. And Alan Klein was like, you can have the song for free. Use it for free. Yeah. You guys use it. I don't even care Loves anymore. So he's just like, that's the funniest thing. If I've anyone ever shits on the Eagles, yes. you, you get it. It's almost like they knew. They were like, we think he's going to like this. <laughs> they a- definitely knew. Isn't there a huge rivalry between those two? The Rolling Stones. And also the Eagles, the Eagles, don't they all just hate each other as well? Well, Rolling Stone gathers no moss. And I think Eagles dare. The saw with, in the winds. Yes. No? No. Oh, the winds. God, you two. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> what the heck? Okay, so John Goodman has said explicitly <laughs> this is his favourite film that he's in. And I, I couldn't agree more. That's crazy because he's in Monsters University. But like, if we're going to go out here and just erase that from the culture, well, in he might be like, he might differentiate animation yeah. versus real no, life. I for example, think this is a better movie. Just but Monsters, Steve, Monsters University and Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi's also in Monsters, Monsters Inc. Inc. That's true. <gasps> Randall and why didn't uh, Jeff Sully? Bridges get a role? Yeah, he was originally meant to be the girl. Do you know what is so interesting? Too busy not selling out, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Joking. Just a joke. He was was only the villain in the first Marvel movie. (laughs) (laughs) First thing I remember, Jeff Bridges, as a kid, honestly, the first time I was like, who's that guy? And it was Jeff Bridges. I can't think of anything I saw him in before. I was going to say, we haven't talked about how many incredible actors are actually in this cast. We've missed some people. We've said a lot, but Frank was just saying the last thing about John Goodman, weren't you, about him loving this movie? No, I was going to go to a separate point about Jeff Bridges. Mm. I'm glad I brought it back to you. <laughs> uh, Marcus, who are some of the other 
actors we haven't talked about. We haven't about. talked about Julianne Moore. No, we mentioned she was at We haven't talked about Philip Seymour Hoffman. We well, we have about, briefly. Is it but- da- I'm going to pronounce this wrong. David Thewlis? Uh, yes, briefly as the artist friend. Which took me until this watch yeah. to realise that was him. Who's David Thewlis? David Thewlis from is Harry, the best Harry pro- Potter film. Professor Lupin from uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, but he's also... Uh, he's done a lot, actually. He's That's a very renowned British actor, but he's he was in a lot of sort of like grungy stuff in the 90s. Really? And, yeah, now he shows up in things that... Like him. mostly, I know him from his like voice work on um, Anomalisa, but he's a very good actor. And just him in the chair, just so how are you going, Lebowski? Who the fuck are you? Who man? are you? Who is this guy, man? <laughs> yeah, it's like Jesus. It's pretty funny. It's uh, so Peter Stormare as well. Peter Stormare. I say we cut off your Johnson. Yeah, <laughs> the ferret in the bath thing made me feel very uncomfortable. It's probably my least favorite moment of the film because yeah. I feel. Really bad for that ferret. <laughs> yeah. Was- Do you know what I love about this film is seeing Jeff Bridges uh, be energetic. He is not often an actor that is like running around and yelling things. Yeah. Like his voice, he's, he normally is like, yeah, I'm Jeff Bridges. This time he's like, we got it, man. Hey, man. Yeah. It's a very freeing role for him, isn't it? it despite the fact that it's also thought of as his like, iconic and most associated role where he is so laid back and so much of what he does in this movie is just go like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm the dude. And then there's like, yeah, when they throw the the ferret in the bathroom, he's like... <laughs> yeah, he's like squawking. <laughs> and then when he's, um, John Goodman's thrown the, the dummy case out of the car yeah. and he's like try, tries to chase him down with the real money and he's like, no, we got him, yeah. Screaming. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. It, he, is, it is funny. And he never bowls a bowling ball. Uh, that's true. He never does. He in the dream sequence with Julianne Moore. He does it with her, but she's the one holding it. So the really? whole movie, we never see him bowl, which is pretty great. He probably can't bowl. They probably just were like, oh, "Shit, Bridges. he was terrible." Yeah. I've got a, uh, I've got a question about the film. Something I've never understood, um, and maybe it's a plot point somewhere that you know it just skims over so quickly. But with with the dude, although he gets mistaken for another Lebowski, yeah, which seems unlikely. That's I mean that's hilarious in itself. Is thinking there's another Lebowski, no relation, right? I yes. love that. Isn't them, this guy meant to be a millionaire? Discovering it and then getting <laughs> yeah. upset at him. They're like, that's a lot, asshole. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> yeah. But but am I am I thinking that the dude is actually an heir to some fortune? No, I don't think so. I think the, I think the idea is just that there are two Jeff Lebowskis and these guys mm. are very incompetent. And the whole thing is it's a story, the... The Raymond Chandler story that it bears the most resemblance to both in the title and somewhat in the kind of very intricate plotting is The Big Sleep, which is a very, very big uh, book of his with the detective called, ooh, Philip Marlowe? I can't remember, but it's a very interesting book that was kind of one of the establishing like noir genre, like uh, femme fatale, Mm. private investigator who can't quite work out what's going on, but he's very smart, talking, quick-witted, and he finally gets to the end and it was this incredibly convoluted thing, but he unwrapped it and he found the the right way. And instead in this version it's like no one knows what the fuck's going on. Everyone's so incompetent. The moment from the movie that's so funny is when the dude is at Jackie Treehorn's house, Jackie takes a phone call, writes something down, and the only bit of true ingenuity the dude shows all movies, yeah. he's like, I'm going to find out what that message is. And he shades it in. It's just a dude with a big yeah. cock. And he's just it's left standing so there funny. looking at it like, <laughs> why would he do this while he was on the phone? Because you, like, honestly, wouldn't think, you wouldn't think to, to even use the pencil like that no. on the paper. And it's such a beautiful moment just to it's be It's a genius little moment. Someone, yeah. someone I'm see what he wrote down. Yes, yeah, someone watching it for the first time might go like, Okay, it's cool. It's a bit of out, of out of character for the dude. And then once that's what they find, they're like, well, that's the brilliant, the most brilliant subversion I've ever seen. Yeah. And he finally yeah. has a moment of inspiration and it's just pointless. <laughs> Fuck, it's so funny. It is it so is good. very funny. Ben Gazzara as Jackie Treehorn, he's just that small role, but he's very fun in that as well. He's a victim of circumstance too, obviously, like throughout this entire film. And like he stumbles across the clues dude. and the dude, mm. and he's not even trying to unravel a mystery, but that's somehow it. finds himself doing so. Almost unintentionally and just it's it's bizarre. It's a bizarre film. Yeah. Finding putting putting that that plot around someone who has no interest in being part of it and the thing they're pursuing is a rug. Like it's not even he doesn't have any personal stake in it or like interest in trying to delve into and, and discover some moral truth. It's no. just like he wants the rug, it tied wasn't the even room try- together. Did it not? It tied the fucking room together. Did it not? And he's not even trying to get the million dollars. Like, that's more John Goodman's character. He literally yeah. is just like, 
get my rug back. But it's so funny how, like, then he ends up with Maud Lebowski comes over, (laughs) Julianne Moore's character, and she's like, love me. Love me. And then she's trying to get pretty from, like, to make... And she's laying in the bed, like, putting her legs in the air to, like... What is that, yoga? Yeah. It increases the chance of conception. (laughs) (laughs) Spit take. Great spit take. Very funny. You know when she watches the porno with him? Do you remember that scene? Yes. The plot is ludicrous. Yeah. With, with like, Bunny. Oh, oh you yes. can imagine where this goes from here. And he goes, what, yeah. to fix the cable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they end up fixing the cable? <laughs> He's such it's, a smart-ass. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, no, but that's... Yeah. I, is he being a smart-ass there? Because I think no, that's a genuine comment. Because it's like when he... The it's first sincere. thing we hear him say... <laughs> Is when they're like, "Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, shithead?" And he comes up out of that. He's like, "It's uh, it's in there. Give me one more look." Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the first thing we hear is he's such a smart mouth. And then when he's getting interrogated by the cop, or he's getting told off by the cop, the yeah. whole iconic run of lines: "I don't like your jerk off name. I don't like your jerk off face. And I don't like you, jerk off." You got that? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Just throws the cup at his head. He's so funny in this. Fuck. Oh, it's so good. But then to go back to that toilet scene where he's first getting accosted and he's like, do you see whatever on this finger? Shows his right hand. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I that's a good point. Even, I yeah. didn't even know. And then his the toilet seat is up and it's like, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> I guess the we'll... rug really ties that room together. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Hey, hey, language. If we had a dollar for every time that was said in the film. It's only said like nine times. Let's... That's a bit. It's that's a, a good bit. That's a good bit. But it's... It's... The fact that that's, that's all we're talking about right now is the rug. It's, that again, tied the room together. The lines in this movie that just outlive it and endure past it. And, like, people I've spoken to. What's your drink, Lebowski? Uh, white Russian. Yeah, white Russian. It's just people, like, where they'll come to me and they'll be like, do you know that thing that gets posted? Because for about 15 years there online, whether it was on Reddit or anywhere online, people's favourite thing to write in the comment section was... Yeah, well, that's just uh, like, like your, your opinion, opinion man. Yeah. And people would be like, I don't understand why they get so many upvotes. And it's like, it's from this movie. Yeah. Uh, but my favourite quote from the movie and my favourite bit of lore about it is, of course, um, when you fuck a stranger in the arse. I was just uh, about to say it. You guys go ahead into this because we all know about it and who, who wants to talk about it. No, 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 go. Right. Go, please go. It is just an iconic... No, no, let me, let me go. It's such okay. a funny line. No, so John Goodman, they've found this kid who apparently has stolen the briefcase, stolen the car and stolen the briefcase. <laughs> He's 15, right? Very quickly, based on a true story the Coen brothers heard about from a producer friend of theirs whose name I can't remember, and he was like, yeah, my car got stolen, it got impounded, I found this kid's homework... And I went to his house with a friend and we wore suits to try and intimidate him. And the Coen brothers were like, thank you. <laughs> like, immediately putting that in a movie. And also the kid, how he just sits there while they trash the car. He stands in an iron lung. Had a good day to you, sir. <laughs> but that's the thing that Coen brothers do so well is just add in. Why? Why? Why, would that why is that guy in an iron lung? He's a TV writer from the 80s that only John Goodman oh, we, would we care about. We love your work. And they yeah. Come yeah. It's so funny. Anyway, so they get to this kid's house. Anyway, the, and they try to interrogate him. They try to find out where the car is, where the money is. Um, and John Goodman obviously loses his cool as he does Mr. in a roller coaster of rage. <laughs> to start with, he's the calmest one. He's quite good. <laughs> is this your homework? Where's the money? When was you, man? <laughs> so all we're doing is screaming lines. That's anyway, it gets to a point where John Goodman says, That's what you get when you fuck a stranger in the ass. <laughs> and obviously, <laughs> that ups the rating. And so to put it on TV, they change the line to, That's what you get when you find a stranger in the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> when he says it like four times, yeah. right? This is what you get. Do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? (laughs) It was on airplanes back in the late 90s. It was on cable. And people must have been befuddled watching that scene and being like, why Why? is he yelling that? What does that mean? But I guess they were just like, we can't lose this scene. Some of the best physical acting from John Goodman as well is not just when he's destroying the car, but when the neighbour comes out. He's like, oh, that's my car! And John Goodman's like crouching, going like, oh, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. And this is like a silent film everywhere. It's like, just go hard, man. Go (laughs) hard for this. Very funny. Um, Yeah, is there any more behind-the-scenes stuff that we know about this movie that's really fun to talk about? As in, do you want to do the trivia? Oh, you want to do a trivia, oh. trivia now? Well, you, that's what I thought you were I've alluding got, to. I've got to, this is your film, right, Frank? I've got some trivia for you. We'll hold on to that. We'll, yeah. we'll, ta- we'll do it at the end. Do yeah, we we'll have do it at the end. A, a nice-looking room that we could go sit in and oh. with some milk, Kahlua, and vodka, and maybe once we get in there, you'll discover <sighs> that it's the... The butler in a pantry with a mic. 
the Buffalo Bills pantry. <laughs> <laughs> no one said anything in the middle. No, <laughs> the cocaine sniff in the middle from Tom was kind of. I thought that was it. And pretty then... pretty far off as well because cocaine is not the vibe of this movie. That's probably why I always liked it. You know, getting entertained. Like I've never been a party drug person, but like you know, a little bit of weed sort um, of stuff. Okay. I, okay. Well, we're gonna cut this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, you know, someone who, if if someone's going to be like, oh, we're going to go out, we're going to have a rager and go to a club and oh all this God, sort of stuff. Oh, my God, is that a weed? <laughs> Do your pantry. I left the pantry, I'm out. Marcus is out of the pantry. But I wanted to get more into the Coen brothers themselves, right? Okay. Yeah. Like, I have an answer to your question from before. Too. Go on. Well, that's what we should do in the pantry, talk about the Coens. Okay. Well, the Coens have an extensive film list, which is it's quite ranged and varied in All terms of the Coens from is, is the OC. you got Seth, <laughs> Coen... <laughs> How, how dare you? Frank licked his lips, <laughs> savoring that. What'd you say? Ah, oh, rest in peace. Uh. California. <laughs> no. Um, my my favourite Coen Brothers film is uh, No Country for Old Men. It's mm. good pick. Um, the fact the, that they can make that film and this film, like that's what I mean. Like mind the, the range that they have in terms of tone. And Intolerable cruelty is oh. also them, which is outrageous. They didn't direct that. They they wrote that with uh, <laughs> the guy whose name I can't remember. I should Billy Bob Thornton. They he had their himself. fingers in that pie. Is all I say. They did. Okay. Billy, <laughs> there's there's no. a, the story they tell about Bad Santa where they just added creative swearing. We were talking last week about how Babylon doesn't have that great stuff. And Billy Bob Thornton's like the Coens came in and there was a line I had which was uh, they're like why didn't you have kids? And Billy Bob's like oh, I don't like kids. Thank God I didn't have them. And he's like, the Coens would come in and change that line to, I didn't have kids, thank the fuck Christ. And it's like, that's <laughs> what the Coens do. They add a line like that to a movie and you're like, no one's ever written that that's line before. That's also very yeah. funny. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, my, my second to that, I would say, is Oh Brother, Where Are Thou? Oh. I think would have to be my very close man. second. Yeah. It's a, it's a good movie. Constance Saru. Frank, have you seen it? <laughs> no, I just know that. I just know the song. Another one with John Goodman in it. Uh, and George Clooney. And George Clooney. They have their friends. They do have their friends. And, yeah, and Totoro, who's exceptional. Oh, yes, of course. Totoro is one of the bro- And yep. uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Hmm. Uh, I think Oh Brother is a good movie that I've only seen once. I would like to watch it again. It's one of their few that I've, I've not really seen a lot. Interesting. No Country, I've seen a billion times. I it's think such it's a good character piece. I haven't seen well. No Country. Oh Country? <laughs> oh Country, where are you, my country? <laughs> where oh country, are my country. I haven't seen it that many times. I think I've only seen it once. I apologize. One of the greatest depictions of a serial killer in any film. Yep. Ever, and you, and you would know. Yep. Shh. Don't tell. Oh. Got upsetting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they've got like Miller's Crossing, Fargo, uh, Raising Arizona. Yes. I'm going to say Fargo's up there with Tom's favourite. No. Oh, like, the Lady Killers. Swing and a miss. The Lady Killers. I've never seen. Oh, that's a fun. I've never seen. That's it? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah. I didn't dig that film. It's a remake, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's meant to be one of their yes bigger like out there sort of experiments. Hudsucker Proxy is meant to be very good as well, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, Robinson. bad name. Don't like it. Uh, and I haven't seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Apart from that, I've basically seen uh, everything. The Ballad, not great. Mm. I, in my opinion, the Ballad of uh, Buster Scruggs, whatever it's, it's called. A, it's an anthology, right? It's just a bunch of different uh, yeah, it's like yeah, things. It's like a sketch movie. Sure. Oh, God. Hail Caesar, have we seen? Oh, yeah. Hail Caesar, I like. People love that movie. I think I need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it yet. Again, a massive cast. Yes. Like, that's the thing. If the Coen Brothers call, similar to, like, Christopher Nolan, if the Coen Brothers call, you're like, whatever whatever the role is, I'm there. Yeah. I'll do yeah. it for pennies. Awkward True. having them both on the phone at the same time, but, you know, I don't <laughs> think... Speakerphone, Tom. Hey, we're in your pantry. What's your favourite? Go on. Uh, I think the only reason I can't give this movie an 11 is it feels weird to give 11s to movies from multiple filmmakers. Uh, sorry, from multiple movies from the same filmmaker, I should say, filmmakers. I think it's True Grit. That's a good film. Ooh. Some days it might be No Country. No. Which is also Jeff Bridges again. It's Jeff Bridges. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Again, not- also a remake. Yes. It's Some days it's Miller's Crossing. Um, but most of the time I think it's True Grit. Okay. And then I really, really think Miller's Crossing is even either on par with Big Lebowski or above it, and then Big Lebowski is probably third. Any on So any True day. Grit's an 11? Yes. Miller's Crossing is 10.9? Around that. This and is 10.8. 10. 10. 10. I Ooh. think these are specific, pretty pretty fantastic movies, and then No Country is like a 10.5 probably. Yeah. And then I really like Fargo. I don't know. What do you guys think of Fargo? 
It's one of those ones you've got to watch again, I think. I don't think it's sharing the same consensus as a movie that is, like, ten years ago. It's not as brilliant as these. Ten years ago, people were like, that's their masterpiece, that's it, no discussion. And ten years later, it's like... Got a lot of movies. Like they, I don't think everyone needs to just say it's They Fargo. are such a strong batting average filmmaker duo. Well, that was my awakening to Frances McDormand. Oh, yes, I love her. No matter yeah. what you think of Fargo, her performance is like, yeah, inimitable. Sensational. She's incredible in that. William H yeah. Macy, also William great. H Macy is great also in that great. from Jurassic Park Three love fame. Him. John Carroll Lynch has her husband <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jurassic Park Three. Steve Buscemi and Peter Stormare. Oh man, not from Jurassic Park Three. Uh, yeah, no, he's the Velociraptor. So are we um, are we getting out of the battery? Wait, Stormare is in Jurassic Park. As the Velociraptor. No. I just said it, guys. And he's... we're out of the pantry. Yeah. <laughs> Give us Thank the goodness. eggs or he fucks you up. <laughs> you are really mixing that a lot of the Velociraptor. Yeah, I, I get um, it. I get it. I mentioned it before. My fa- One of my favourite moments in this scene, in this film, sorry, is is when Goodman releases Donnie's ashes. Oh, yeah. And it, it's it's such the perfect blend of comedy and tragedy in one moment because watching Jeff Bridges stand there very still and just <laughs> copping a mouthful of ashes oh. as the wind blows backwards, it's so funny and yet it's like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, dude, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, start, to, he goes over to brush him off. off and he's like, you're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, do you guys feel, does that ring for you emotionally as well as comically? No, no. No. See, that scene makes me cry. Yeah, but you're sensitive. I'm very sensitive. When John Goodman starts going, when he's like, you fucked it up, Walter, you fucked it up. And John Goodman's like, dude, I'm sorry. And looking down, I'm like, oh, God. It it definitely hits a note with me. I can't deal with this big blustery man suddenly becoming a child. And then when he just grabs the dude and hugs him. It really gets to me. I I find that scene incredibly. I think it's really sweet, but I wouldn't. Yeah, it doesn't make me tear up or feel emotional. I think the comedy outweighs it, and I think think Donnie's Donnie's been such a Donnie dies. By the way, spoiler alert. That's that's who we're talking about. They put his ashes in a Folgers coffee tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) What is this? What is this? It's our most modest urn. (laughs) Hundred eighty dollars. Because we're grieving doesn't mean we're saps. God damn it. I think the scene before as well where Donnie dies, where they're fighting the Nihilists. Yes. And uh, what, what did you say was the – you said the name before. I'm sorry. I think I was, um, you know, unusual for me talking over you. But what's the other guy besides Peter Stormare and Flea who's the other Nihilist, the tall, skinny Bond guy? He's – Can't remember. He's very funny. Torsten Vogues. Torsten Vogues when he's like trying to – and Jeff's um, – uh, Lebowski's just like, just take the money, man. Take the money. He's like, I fucks you. I fuck you. I fucks you. I fuck you. <laughs> and John Goodman takes them all out. He bites Peter Stormare's ear off. Like, I mean, yeah, he spits reference. it up into the air. Yeah. Uh, and fights them. And then when um, – just but just before they're fighting, sorry, Donnie's scared. And he's like, yeah, is this man going to hurt us? And John Goodman, who's the whole movie, been like, shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element. Shut the he turns back. He's like, no, Donnie, don't worry. These men are cowards. And it's a funny line, but again, it breaks my heart. He just wants to look I, after Donnie in that I moment. I don't disagree with you to an, to an element, but I think I agree with Frank Moore because Donnie's been such a, a comedy punching bag all the way mm. through this up yeah. to a point. And I think that because of how heavy he was being the punchline, when you try to twist it and, and make a sincere moment, it just didn't have me it's, enough. It's hard to get there because we don't care it for is, Donnie. There's not, there's not much to, to invest in, to, to grasp onto. Yeah, kind of like a, a lost puppy sort of like, oh, Donnie. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree with that. It's not the sadness for Donnie. It's how it affects John Goodman. It's him becoming protective over him and then it's him But being even the sorry. protectiveness, isn't. none of this is... You, you're, you've seen it, what, 25,000 times? Absolutely. Yeah. So you, you see every little minute detail. I think for most general watchers, they go, oh, well, he's just being dismissive and saying, no, they're cowards, it's funny, you're fine, Donnie, shut I up. I think that's interesting. I think yeah. the change you know I mean? of tone is so marked oh. in the way that he's – it's because almost everything he's ever said to Donnie is shut the fuck up, like 95% of his lines to him, and then suddenly just going when he's yelling at the nihilists and goes, no, Donnie, don't worry. Also, Donnie missing the strike – just before. Yeah, it's his first strike. Yeah. I just love that so yeah. much, and it got. And then me he like checks his hand, the, and he's the first time I watched the movie, my my stomach dropped, and I was like, I can't believe a man missing a strike in a movie just messed with me so much. But I'm so worried now. The doom mm. and the onset, where he's just like all night, he's just all movies, be like, oh, I'm throwing bones tonight, you know, all this stuff, and then he's just. He missed it. What happened? You know, it's a great. It's but this one of my is, it is a little. You're contradicting yourself in a way because you've said this is a film that you don't overly, overly analyze the stylistic part of it. And I yet definitely you, do. Yeah. as opposed to ninety percent of the audience that have seen this film, 
wouldn't have picked up on a lot of that. I'd agree with that. I think I stylistically analyse it, if not thematically or politically. Thematically you, or politically, you, I don't know if I get into it. You're analysing the characters and their little their scenes and their moments and their Yes, and the way it's the shot they as well. God damn, the bowling ball shot of it being thrown, the camera being thrown down the lane. It's very just, cool. Do you guys know how they did that? Yes. I didn't want to no. look it up for years because I was like, I don't want to spoil how the they fact do it? that they put it in like a basically a barbecue spit. And they rotated the camera in a dolly down the lane. Genius. Roger yeah, Deakins simple, was the cinematographer. Yeah, you're like, oh, of course that's what they do. I would have thought of that. But then yeah. you're like, obviously. <laughs> Get a bunch of gaffer tapes. Stick no. it up. All good. No, Roger- it's ingenuity. It's beautiful. It's great. Roger Deakins, cinematographer, very well known for working with these guys, as well as uh, Denis Villeneuve and uh, Sam Mendes, and also did mm. Shawshank Redemption. He's been nominated for an Oscar 16 times for cinematography. He won recently for Blade Runner 2049 did and he? 1917. But this is one of my favourites of his. This, um, yeah, I think fantastic. Really, really excellent looking movie. Carter Burwell's music, a guy who did music for In Bruges and also Twilight, I'm sure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. What a, what a, just a great collection of people putting this movie together. Interesting artists who were there to make something oh. magical. And can yeah. you tell me very quickly, Frank, I'm sorry, I'm going to be rude now, what the name of the editors are on this movie because... We have that, like, one bit of detail, one extra bit of context that we should have done in the pantry. It's Trisha Cook. Trisha Cook. but As well another. as the Coens. Yes, and they go by... Roderick Sarah, Janes. Roderick Janes, which is just the Coens. They just gave themselves that name as, like, uh, a little... Pseudonym. What's the name? Yes, pseudonym. Thank you. A pseudonym Where for- the fuck is his pseudonym from? <laughs> <laughs> Rock and Roller? No. Oh, Anyone? I prefer... What a forgotten film that is. Yeah. No, obviously. Guy no, Ritchie's when best. you think about it, you go Big Lebowski, Rock and Roller, Citizen Kane. Okay. <laughs> We're How talking many... about the Mount Rushmore here, Marcus. Oh, okay. God. How many films do you know they mention pseudonym and make it a point? I don't know, man. But I'm glad, that you, I'm glad it's one rock and roller. I'm glad you learned something from a movie. Okay, we're all really happy about okay, that. Okay, so you know what? Let's do favourite scenes and let's wrap it up because I'm sick of your poop. I've got some trivia for you too. Let's not forget. Don't forget it. All right, favourite scenes. No, Tom, you go first. I hate to spring it on you guys. Sorry, you've been thinking about it. Oh, wait, no. Your favourite Coen Brothers film, did you say? Oh, Brother, We're Out There, of course. No Country, Where Brother. No Country, Where Brother, There, We. Mine's (laughs) going. Grit, Miller's Crossing, and yours again was... Burn After Reading. Which is also... The thing is, almost no choice makes you go... The only choice that I go like, oh, okay, is if someone picks like probably Hail Caesar. I do go like, God, I guess i got to watch that movie again. Like, who picks Hail Caesar? I don't think... I don't think it was as well received as the rest. No, I think it's good. it's funny. I don't but, think it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, favorite scene from The Big Lebowski. Jesus Christ. Probably. I think I just have to go with the fantasy sequences together because something we really? have not talked about. My in, least favorite. In this, the man in me, Bob Dylan, yeah. playing when he's flying through the sky. Yeah. Which, by the way, Marcus gets a nod in GTA Five. Yes, it does. I yes. was going to mention that before. When Michael is... Frank hates gaming references, so I left it. What? Mario? <laughs> <laughs> Frank's telling me to keep going with the gaming references. He's doing his symbol for... Okay. Uh, you, oh, can't, you can't mention the hand gestures. <laughs> They're off air. <laughs> um, yes. Christ. The, and I also love uh, Kenny Rogers's. Just checked. Rogers is, is, is. <laughs> I just checked in to see what <laughs> condition my condition is. Yeah, Everything good. about that. Imagine the day they realised we're going to make a porno parody fantasy sequence and this movie's about bowling and if you put a pin between two bowling balls. it's. I mean, it's not that it groundbreaking, makes, to be honest. It's kind of like a bit <laughs> fucking It's juvenile. how I discovered my manhood, Frank, yeah, watching this Thomas. movie. I oh, finally Tom's rolling with bowling balls. Apparently, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's <laughs> you got a real problem <laughs> rolling with bowling balls. Massive oh, my balls. testicles are like bowling balls. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and a very white uh, penis. I'll tell you my favorite scene quickly. My favorite scene is uh, there. I've marked it as zero. You fucking psycho. Oh, just a yes. game, smoke. Just a game. <laughs> no, he, no, he says it's just a game, and he goes, "It's a league game, smoke." It's a, league, yes. it's a league game. No, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got it right. It's a league game. You're absolutely you're right. That that's a funny line. Mark and zero. It's it's that whole again roller coaster of rage of just John Goodman just from zero to a hundred of just blowing up and exploding, oh. and then back down to cool, calm, collective. What about when he, they're Come in the out. diner and he's like, "I'm going to sit here and I'm, I'm going to enjoy my coffee." Yeah, I'm just enjoying my coffee. <laughs> when they're in the uh-huh. car together, Jeff Bridges is like, "Can you just calm down? Calmer than you are, dude." Oh. I also do love the scene where they've just he's just had sex with Julianne Moore and then he goes to make a cocktail uh, and he makes a white Russian and he sniffs the milk 
The milk that's been sitting on his, like, <laughs> dresser out of the fridge. 69 cent milk. Yes. yes. Oh, hideous, but so perfect. funny. I perfect. also, as an honorary mention, love the landlord's uh, dance that he does when he goes to see the landlord Oh, yeah. Perform. It's such a little tiny It's a, it's a wonderful bit. Which comes in my performance to give me notes. Yeah, it's very funny. I've got some trivia for you. Hit me. Did you not say your favourite scene, Frank? Oh, yeah. I just Sorry, said pal. the cocktail scene oh, the and cocktail also John scene, Goodman the enjoying yeah. the coffee. Are you listening? I no. forgot. I don't know. Man. When did you get here, Frank? Uh, Frank, your choice, your film, your question. Questions. I've got to back up. I'll give you two because why not? I'm not going to get either of these right. Here is the first question. I'll give you the easy one. All right, take your time. Don't look look at my question. Okay, I'm not even nervous. How many white Russians does the dude drink throughout the film? Oh, is this also nine? No, it's not nine. It's nine. Is it nine? Is that your answer? It could be beef. <laughs> That's an SNL reference. What's your answer? You said nine. I'm going to go with nine. It's actually nine. Yes, I knew it. That's ridiculous. That's pretty impressive. Yes. Fucking genius. Did you know that, Tom? No, I didn't. But if you guys had asked, like, adjusted for inflation, like 25 years later, <laughs> it's how been much a, would the white Russian have cost? Can you just let it go? Well, because I want him to stumble here, I got one more. Okay, ready? okay. The yes. film features the F word. Oh, fuck. More times language than. We- <laughs> More times than what film previously holding the title for most users. Does it really? Yeah. It set a record? The most uses of the F word. I think I know this. Limp, limp Biscuit Hot Dog. <laughs> like film. The, 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 yeah. Film. This, if you play that enough times. What film previous to this held the record for the most uses of the F word? I think I know if Frank does. Please, please. Is it Goodfellas? Oh, very close. Casino. Okay. So close, both <laughs> of you. What is it? Do you have another he, guess? Is it, a, is it no. a Scorsese movie? It is not. Oh, then no idea. Scarface. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, which say is hello in there. to my fucking friend. Do you know how many times no. it's in there? One. 182. That's oh. why Blink-182 are called Blink-182. For Scarface. Yeah. Scarface. Wait, so Big Lebowski has how many times? 183? Uh, I, look, don't ask me questions. Look, Find they, the question asker. I apologise. I apologise. <laughs> and their new album coming out is called One More Time. Uh, so we're all excited for the new Blink-182 album. And we're talking oh, about okay. the Big Lebowski, man. Yeah. yeah. Apparently we're affiliated with Blink-102, so yeah. thanks for the plug. I haven't seen Jeff Bridges in a while. I'm going to call him soon and ask, where are you? Sorry. We all oh, good? He, he's <laughs> letting himself into that. Yeah, he's done his own <laughs> setup for a joke. Know, I, the music was running. That was a fun time. Thanks for not throwing in the power, but whatever. We're here now. Throw in the power. Thanks for listening to Throw in the Pal. I apologise for not wrapping up the episode correctly. Did anyone want to throw in the pal? 10.8. Or all- that was so funny. No, uh, I said nine point something. I think eight point nine from me. Yeah, I should throw in the power, but I wait for the end of the song and I'll I'll say it then. But thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Frank. I'm, I'm Marcus. Tom. Oh god, damn it! And I love this film. We're gonna give it a ten. Throw in the pal. Welcome back, pal. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Marcus, as soon as we finished, had changed his mind. I well, did. Well, actually, I absolutely I did. I didn't give you the opportunity. So, Marcus, sorry, what would you like to say? I'm, I'm going to throw in the power. No way. Throw in the power. Wow. I did say 8.9. It has to be a 9.8. Oh, my God. He flipped the numbers. I did. Flip. Flip, flip, flippity, flip, flop. flippity, flop. Flippity, flip. And I'm also here. Bye. Throw in the power.